I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. Recently, Ray Comfort, who you all know because he made a video about bananas and how they're the atheist's worst nightmare, Mm -hmm. and not too long ago he made a movie called 180 about why abortion is a totally horrible, horrible thing. Well, Ray Comfort just came out with a movie called Audacity, and this is one of those video on demand, you could download it for 20 bucks, and that's what we did. Uh, Jessica and I both downloaded this movie, (laughs) we watched the movie, Mm -hmm. and we are going to discuss it uh, with you guys for the first time. Um, and what we're going to do, we'll give you a synopsis of the movie and then we'll, we've been, we've watched it, we've taken notes on it and we've said nothing to each other about it. No, it's We've waited until now to talk about it. (laughs) I I feel like disclaimer is in order. Don't rent this movie. Like I'm sure nobody will, but don't, don't, it's not, don't do it. I'll disagree with you. You should rent it, but you should do it with a big group of friends and then do it like one of those nights where you just want to laugh. I mean, like, if you have a drinking game for it, maybe. Like, yes. I was not drunk when I watched this movie, which was the worst mistake I've ever <laughs> and how, made. And when should they take a drink? In the, all, and by the way, this, all, this all is drink. an anti-gay movie. So this is one yeah, of those yeah. movies that is condemning homosexuality. Yeah. When should people take a drink if they're going to do shots with this? Every time you want to punch Ray Comfort in his face because <laughs> he does make a, an appearance, sort of. like in <sighs> He does appear in the movie. Okay, wait, I think we need to... Okay, we'll back up. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make up the drinking game as we go. I'll write okay. it down. Here's what we're going to do. We'll go through the plot yeah. for those of you who, you know, may not see the movie and I can't imagine why you wouldn't. We're going to go through the plot and then we'll back up and talk about what happens. So, it starts off there's two main characters really in the movie. Yeah. One is Peter, Peter. who as far as I can tell, I still don't know what he does for a living. Something on a bike. He's a bike He's messenger. a bike messenger. No, they're very illicit about <laughs> he's a bike messenger. Whatever that means. Because I don't know what he delivers. Person. Yeah. He's on a bike. And then <laughs> at some point he delivers an envelope. Anyway, he's on a bike and he's, then... He's super Christian. Super Christian. Um, but just became Christian like a year and a half ago, yeah. he mentions. And now he's fervent about it. But he has mm-hmm. difficulty evangelizing mm-hmm. to people. So he wants to talk about Jesus, but he doesn't really know how to... And when it comes to homosexuality, especially, he gets really tongue-tied yeah. about it. So, you know, he'll run into gay people. At one point, he runs into a gay couple, a lesbian couple, on an elevator, yeah. and they're obviously together, uh-huh. and he wants to say something to them. Well, because the, the premise is they get on, he's on the elevator, they get on the elevator, they're holding hands, and they're smiling. He goes, oh, you look happy because people talk to strangers on elevators in this <laughs> universe, which don't do that. Um <laughs> And the gay couple says to him, "We're getting our marriage license. We're so excited." And he's like, "Oh!" And, then like, <laughs> and they do like a close-up on his back jeans pocket, and he's like pulling out this gay, the Christian <laughs> pamphlet on homosexuality. Which he just happens to have locked and loaded. Like at all, like I like to imagine he has pockets for every scenario, <laughs> like atheist, gay people, polygamy, and like he's wearing cargo pants just to <laughs> stuff them all in there. No, I was thinking like a. <laughs> Like a trench coat coat with several different (laughs) pockets. Anyway. That would be creepy. Yeah. So he's about to pull out the homosexuality pamphlet. And then decides not to. And then decides not to because he doesn't really know how to say it to them. And I'm going to forward. We'll come back to this scene in a moment. Yeah, yeah. 
But this happens throughout the movie where he wants to say something, but he doesn't. Right. Um, I take it. Let's talk about this elevator scene because <laughs> okay. I want to talk about it now. He gets out of the elevator. Or I'm sorry. The, the lesbian couple gets, gets off, off the, the elevator. elevator. Peter is still in there. Mm-hmm. And then... All well, they sudden, pass the guy in the suit who like sees them holding uh, hands yes. and like does this like, oh brother, I roll. Yeah, the like, lesbian couple goes to get their marriage yeah. license and this guy sees them and he's pissed off at their existence. Obviously. <laughs> so, which which I will note that this sim- like in a similar fashion to uh, Left Behind, which we also watched for reasons. Um, <laughs> They do a really good job of making their party look like assholes. Yeah, they're right? honest about how we think they would yeah, act in these it's situations. It's like they set up their own straw men on either. <laughs> anyway, so... So the lesbians go get their marriage license. Peter, right. who is played by Travis Owens, mm-hmm. who we'll talk to in a little bit. So excited. Peter is still on the elevator. The elevator malfunctions, and it's like the beginning <gasps> of speed or something. Yes. Um, the elevator malfunctions. It's a slight malfunction. Uh-huh. And eventually, Peter's able to get off the elevator. Like it's the no the, drama. Like it's ha- stuck halfway between floors, yeah. and then like the the, the doors, doors aren't are really jam. opening. But he so just he, he opens them up well, after he talking. Well, it's a call button, and it was like, "This is what's happening." They're like, "Okay, try it now." And he's like, "Okay, it's working. I have to go." And the guy's like, "From the call button, like, no, you have <laughs> to stay there to make sure nobody gets on." <laughs> right. So Peter gets out of the elevator, and uh-huh. the operator's like, "Don't leave." Because people will die. Yeah, if they get he on the elevator the after words, him, people will die. <laughs> so he die. gets, he chews some gum, um, gets a piece of paper. It says "danger, do not use." Yeah, because he's so, not going to stick around. No, he which, has like, work to do. Whatever fine. he does, I'm fine with this character development. Um, <laughs> so he leaves. Suit guy with the shit face comes so, back. Sees the danger sees sign the with danger the gum sign. stapled to the elevator, and then. But here's the lesbians coming, question yeah. mark, something I think like that. He hear, here's the lesbians and then coming. And he sees them, and, and the guy, as he's running past, uh, what's-his-face is like, make sure nobody gets on there. you yeah. got to help me, dude. And the guy's like, okay. And then he hears the lesbians coming, and he goes, and he ta- he says, like, he's again, uses the words, if somebody gets on that elevator, they're going to die, which I don't know. How, I, anyway, so the guy comes back, sees the lesbians coming, pulls the sign off the door crumples it up and throws it away and walks away and lets the lesbians get on the elevator. Which is really the Christian thing to do right Which, there. Which, Jesus. <laughs> and then... Next thing tra- we the hear... Guy com- the guy comes back, the, our, our hero comes back, sees the elevator cl- door closing with He's the, like, no! Like, literally, it was like the the You the failed third, to save the lesbians. It, well, it was like the third prequel of Star Wars when Darth <laughs> Vader is like, no! For like 45 I've, seconds. I've never seen Star Wars. That's fine. I mean, wait, any of them? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like in the prequel? Okay, we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, he's like, oh no, the dives, lesbians. Dives onto the elevator. Can't stop it. And then you hear screaming and crashing, lesbians dead, and then smash cut. Travis wakes up in bed. Travis? Uh, Peter is the character. Is Travis Pe- the actor? Uh, Travis is the actor. Okay. Peter wakes up in bed. It was all a nightmare. Whew. <laughs> okay, so which I was <laughs> I don't like the emotions I felt when he woke up in bed were both like horrified and relieved cuz I was like th- if this is the ride we're getting on that people are dying in elevators like I'm a thousand percent on board for this movie. <laughs> so obviously this is all a giant metaphor that the Christian was supposed to oh save God, the, the lesbians from impending doom. He didn't do it. And he let the lesbians die when he could have saved them. Yeah. There's our heavy symbolism yeah. right there. Yeah. No, I mean, 
I, <laughs> and I hate to grant this movie any merits, but it's after watching this movie, I'm like, if they actually feel that way, if they actually feel that like saving me from hell or whatever is like saving me from like crashing an elevator, like, I mean, I get why they're like all up my ass about it, but. Because you have to save them then if to, that's like, how you if, feel. If they really go home feeling right. that guilty, that like my friend is gay. Uh, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller, he's answered this question. Someone's asked him like, how do you act when someone gives you a Bible? And yeah. they think he's going to be mad about it because he's an outspoken atheist. And he says, I appreciate it because I know that if they really feel I'm going to hell, mm-hmm. I appreciate that they're giving me a Bible and reaching out to me like this because they want to help me. If the stakes are really that high, yes. then like, of course you're going to um, do anyway. Okay. So he's in bed. Wakes so, up. Wait, yeah. didn't we, wait, didn't it start in the comedy club though? Oh yeah. The so there's a side story going on here where Peter, Which the character is, is in a comedy definitely. club. His friend is a stand up comedian who, it's apparently funny, but I didn't Listen, catch any okay, of the jokes. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't as someone who has done stand-up comedy <laughs> comedy. What do you think of our okay. stand-up comedian friend? First of all, I was baffled by his existence in the movie because he doesn't he fit d- into the did plot. Did not drive line. the plot. He's like anywhere. a friend of Ray Comfort's who they wanted to just stick in yeah. the movie. I will say his impersonate his impersonations, which is all his stand-up. It wasn't yeah, his like stand-up is just it was just sta- impersonation after impersonation. They weren't bad like they're kind of funny yeah. but like i mean they weren't fu- like they were spot on impressions they like, were good impressions there was no writing but what the hell it, does that have to do with anything the writing in this mo- i mean <laughs> you and i are both human beings who make our living as writing as writers right how offended are you by the writing of this movie because i was like my heart hurt by just like the not like and i'm not even i don't even write like write screenplays i just there was no plot to this movie. Right. That elevator scene we just talked about took about, let's say, 10, 15 minutes altogether. Yeah. And then when they moved on to the next scene, it was, it's something different. So he... Well, so uh, I want to just mention one thing about the... Uh, so this elevator scene, uh-huh. he gets so disturbed by it and yeah. he wakes up. So we'll keep going. He wakes up from the nightmare and he's like, I could not, I should not be letting that happen. I should have saved those lesbians from the elevator, Uh even though that didn't happen in real life. And the next thing he does is goes online to search, how do you talk to people about homosexuality? And then he says, how do you even evangelize to homosexuals? And guess who he finds on Google? Ray fucking comfort. (laughs) Ray fucking comfort. So he finds Ray comfort videos and all of a sudden. And watches them. We do a super cut of Ray comfort talking to random strangers on the street, which is what he does, where Ray Comfort is asking random strangers about homosexuality. I was squirming in my seat watching this. (laughs) It made me so uncomfortable because these questions that he's asking these poor people were just, were awful. And like, I I wrote, wait, what did I write? I almost forgot Ray Comfort is the worst. Because he is the, like, these like personal prodding questions he's asking strangers, which again, if he's, I don't know. I don't. Here's I just, the when he talks so to people, he basically says, "Can I catch you on camera? I'm mm. going to ask you a series of questions," and they always really say yes. Unflattering camera angle because <laughs> he films like from a hip. But so basically, the whole thing is he starts out like, "Are you born gay?" And everyone pretty much is like, "Except for one gay guy." Except like, for no. one gay guy who said, "I chose to, whatever." But most of them are like, "Yes, you are born gay." And then Ray Comfort kind of turns the tables where he's like, like, well, are you a born adulterer? Are you a born for... Wait, okay, I are have a question. Are you a born fornicator? Is fornication... This is... I know yes. this is such a softball question. Is fornication different from just having sex? No. 
but I guess you can't say sex in a Christian movie. So fornication is the biblical word. I didn't know fornication was like having sex outside wedlock because he said. No, it's just sex, period. But so they're saying for all fornication, if you have sex, you're going to hell? Because um, I think the assumption is fornication right. is the bad kind of sex. Unmarried oh. Uh, sex. Oh, it's so gr- Like. So are, are you a born fornicator? And all these people are you're like, born well, no, you-, you chose to commit adultery. You chose to have sex outside of marriage. You uh, chose to cheat right. or and do then whatever. He, and then he says, right, do you think you're going to heaven? Everybody says yes. Everybody says yes. Although the one guy is like, if I don't repent my ways, probably not. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> this guy can go. But he was like, okay, let's run through the Ten Commandments. And so he runs through all the commandments which ever, with every single person. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever And lied? everyone says yes. And I've done all yes. these things. So you're telling me you're a liar, you're a fornicator, you're a, bl- you're a blasphemer. He loved blasphemer. He yes. said that a lot. Um, tells everyone they're going to hell. And cut it in such a way that everybody was like, well, thank you so much for telling me that. Yes, thank you for saving me. And he me. always says, does that make sense? <laughs> and they always says, they always say, that makes sense, which I think Ray Comfort needs to learn the difference of thanks because I agree with you and you help my life and thanks, please leave me alone. Like, I don't know what to say to get you to stop talking here's, to me. Here's my problem with this question. He okay. basically says something like, you know, are you a born cheater? No, you choose to. Then he flips the table. Oh, so are you born gay? And they're all like, oh, I guess you choose to be gay. As if he made a point. Wait. By the way, there are videos online with um, him. Uncut? Uncut interviews. And you could tell that in the final product, he is editing these to suit his needs, right. which is his right to do, but it is kind of uh, deceptive. But um, the problem I have with these random interviews is when you interview strangers who don't talk about this stuff regularly, right, right. you're going to catch them off guard. And it's uh, to me, it's unfair that you're using these people who have no business mm-hmm. talking about this stuff. Like, talk yeah. to experts. Right. Don't talk to random strangers as if they are proving your point no, when to, they don't know what they're doing. To me, it's like the difference between saying, I'm going to like maybe talk to the Jehovah's Witness who comes to my house, or I'm going to talk to like a pastor versus I'm going to like assault people outside of church and be like, do you really think that Jesus was real? Like, I'm not going to, that's a shit move. Right. And like, Nobody and like, what do they know? Good. They're not the experts right. here. So for me to use their answers to prove my point, yeah. it's like, oh, you couldn't handle the big boys and in a kept, sense. And he kept saying, I'm not judging you, but. But God is. Yeah. Which. Yeah. By the way, I when I did the sold my soul on eBay thing, uh-huh. I did an interview with, uh, um, I don't think it was Ray Comfort, but it might've been his co-host. In they did now. Yeah, they did the same interview with me where, are you a good person? Oh. Have you ever lied? So are you going to hell? Whatever. And, you know, it, you can try to finagle your way out of the questioning. And it ne- there's, it's a magic trick. I mean, there's a way to get you to admit you're a bad person. The only way. And can, Jesus has to see. The only way you can come out on top is saying, like, well, I don't believe in hell, so this is all non-consequential to me. Right. But, like, even then, I'm sure, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so Peter watches these Peter videos watched, in the movie, mm-hmm. and he comes away after watching, like, five minutes of Ray Comfort Supercut, <sighs> thinking, yes, I know how to evangelize now, and I have to. He's, oh. like, nodding his head as he watches. Oh, this is and so all of a sudden, he goes to work mm-hmm. where he runs into his colleague, right. Diana. What is, their, what is their relationship? I think they're just I colleagues think they're just at work. But, but, but at the at end, work. it seems like they're, like, best friends or, yeah. like, love interest. No. But, oh, well, they never really, they never do anything about love interest. No. They just kind of keep it as, too interesting. there's, like, tension there. But really, they're just coworkers. Okay. I do want to say this. I hated this movie. I did. I did not enjoy watching it. However, I blame the writing and the direction. I found the actors kind of winning in this movie. Yeah, Is that all? Were, like I thought the they were likable. Yeah. And like 
when they had little like moments of like bad jokes, yeah, it was tacky, but I thought they were really winning. Which they did well with the script that they, they had. They did. And that's not just because we're going to be talking to the actor. I would be saying that anyway. I found them winning, especially the lady person. <laughs> she seemed, I don't remember her name. Molly her Ritter is the name. actress's name. She's Molly not Ritter. related to John Ritter. Is no, she? I don't think so. And uh, uh, Diana is the character she plays. By the way, to his credit, mm-hmm. Ray Comfort said explicitly he was not looking for Christian actors. Right. He was looking for good Hollywood actors. They had a real casting call for this. We'll talk to Travis about that yeah. when we talk to I him. Mean, I thought but they were... found real actors and they were good. Mm-hmm. Um, Diana, the character in the movie, mm-hmm. she talks to Peter and yes. basically he's talking to her about religion, but, which she's like, she wants to shy away from. She doesn't want to talk to, about religion with him. But at one point, doesn't don't they start that religion that he mentions she's a Christian and doesn't she say something about like, immediately like goes right into like, how do you feel like, do you think gay people need to be stoned? Which like, <laughs> like you jumped right there. Like yeah. uh, when he says he's a Christian, she starts like, she gets a bad look on her face. Yeah. Like I don't like Christians because I know what they're like, which she reacted in the way anyone would react. If you knew Ray Comfort was going to talk to you. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. But Mike, I, I, this whole movie is based around like Christians and non-Christians, but the non-Christians, in the in the scripted part of the movie, seem to have never met a Christian before in their entire life. Yeah. Like when they te- when somebody tells them they're like a Christian, it's the same way like you or I would react. Uh, I can't even think of anything like dramatic enough to like for these people's reactions. Yeah. Like it's it would always be like, bad and it's always. Big. It'd be like if it was somebody my age who I worked with and I knew really well, and all of a sudden they're like, "I love Glenn Beck." I'd be like, "Wait, what? Like, <laughs> do we have anything in common?" But they're so appalled by like yeah. his his mere suggestion of being Christian that it's, he didn't say, "Oh, you're all going to hell." No, if you don't. He just no, says, "Like just a nice I'm a guy Christian." Who says, I'm a Christian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they start talking about this, and she asks him, she's like, oh, you're a Christian. I'm like, oh, so you think gay people are going to hell? Right. And he's, he says to her, basically, it's not exactly like that, but, but exactly let me like show that. you some videos I found online. So it, it was a very short scene, uh-huh. but he gets out his computer, basically. He's uh-huh. like, let me show you these videos. Oh, look, another Ray Comfort supercut of him talking to people. Uh, about homosexuality, which is exactly what you do on kind of the first time you bring up religion, I yeah. guess. No, that's softball. <laughs> and at some point after they do this again, mm-hmm. Diana tells Peter her brother has cancer. Mm-hmm. She's very upset by that, obviously. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know why it's happening. She She's God. mad at God. Mm-hmm. And Peter says he's going to pray for her. And then the movie takes a really weird turn. And this is what Jessica's talking about with the writing. Yeah. We just cut to a scene in a convenience store. Just in convenience Out of nowhere. Store, trying on sunglasses. People, yeah, random people are in there. Uh, there's a gay couple in uh-huh. line. Peter's... To try on sunglasses. I don't, on sunglasses. Like, I don't want us to pass this by. <laughs> They're in a convenience store and there's a line to try on the sunglasses. <laughs> I don't understand why that was where we land. Anyway, this is what okay. you do in a convenience store. You go there to hang out like you would a mall. But he was by himself. Just like trying on... Anyway. <laughs> so... And the, all of a sudden, Peter is picking... He comes to the store sunglasses. to pick up some stuff. And there's a shady dude. You know he's a shady dude because he's wearing like hobo gear. Mm-hmm. And he has a creepy look on his face. And you know some shit's about to go down. Yeah, I, I'm i trying to decide if I'm more annoyed that there are zero black people in this movie <laughs> or so grateful that, like, Ray Cumber didn't cast, like, the one... black guy thing. as the bad guy. I just, like... <laughs> anyway, it was he was a, really a white, white hobo, one. basically. He was a white hobo. So the white hobo... Long hair, like hippies. <laughs> ...decides to rob the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's freaking out, understandably. Yeah. Peter's stand-up comedian buddy... 
who this is his only purpose in the film, is in the car waiting for him, realizes this is happening. Like, oh, there's a robbery going on in the store, and I'm in the car outside. Let me text Peter's coworker, Diana, and tell her Peter's getting robbed. Not It's serious. There's a gun. Pray, four exclamation points. Yeah, he's hiding in the car, by the way. He's not doing anything useful here. I mean, I want to think that he also called the police, but I think he text messaged first. (laughs) Which is what you do. Call the... They're not going out, by the way. This is not his wife or his girlfriend. No, Just a random colleague at work. But, I mean, she needs to get on and pray. Yes. So, (laughs) So they're in the store. The guy is, like, going crazy. Like, the cops show up. And so it's uh, Peter and then the gay couple, and they're, like, all on the ground. And this is all happening, and everybody's screaming and yelling. There's a woman. Robert is shocked, by the way, when he hears sirens. Like, who Who called called the the police? Because this makes no sense. Yeah, right? This is what everyone's trying to do. So So, he takes a hostage. Yeah. He takes the woman woman. who's in the store, Uh one of them, I think, takes her hostage, comes outside to the cops and says, if you come after me, I'm going to shoot her. So, but but before, like, this is the excellent screenwriting. Um, So before, when they, like, drop on the ground, Peter knocks a can off a shelf. And by the way... The noise, the the sound editing, which I know isn't the thing I should care about, but I can't help it. Like he knocks a a can off the off the shelf, and it makes zero sound. It just like falls into oblivion. <laughs> but anyway, which I only bring up to say he looks at the can. Peter like, sees the can. We get what? a close up of the can. It's spinach, by the way, because he brought up that he it likes is. Popeye, so it has to be a can of spinach. Oh my God. Get oh it? my god, I, I know. just got that. You're welcome. No. You're welcome. So he grabs oh wait, the can of spinach. He says, shoot me, don't shoot her, shoot me, shoot me. Oh, right. That so was his like. The hostage takes the, the, the girl, hmm. and Peter says, Don't, don't shoot, shoot her. her, don't shoot anybody in the store. Because you'll have to me. answer to God yes. is his first thing. And then he says, Shoot me. And then he gets a gun to his head. He's like, No, don't shoot anybody. <laughs> which that's fine. I mean, I'm fine with that response. I would probably do the same thing. So anyway, <laughs> Robert's outside. Don't, or don't shoot me. Or anybody. don't shoot me. Um so Robert's outside, uh, hostage. The police have no idea what to do. They are <laughs> they're just standing used, there. They're just standing there, kind of yelling. And then Peter gets the can, clobbers the guy along the head. He falls. Doesn't clobber it. He throws it. He, he th- lobs, oh, he, like, lobs the can him. at the guy's head. And a can of spinach knocks the robber out cold, apparently. Yeah. And that's it. Peter yeah. saves the day. Saves the day. And then the gay couple comes up to him afterwards. Oh, before oh. we get to the gay couple, not only does the f- stand-up comedian friend in the, the car uh, text Diana, he's, he's okay, okay. <laughs> and she starts praying for him. Um, my favorite part is Peter texts Diana, and he's like, that, he's like, we got the guy, or like the, the robber's down. And then sends like a series of funny clips of selfies him he's taking selfies with like with the can of spinach like ah, i'm hitting a guy which like yeah. with the robber in the car event. <laughs> but, he I, almost died and he's like let me take a happy like, selfie with the robber in the car and the cops let him yeah like kind this of is us. the most normal thing ever which this is i think when i wrote down like what is the relationship between these two people like are they between him and diana are they we, okay. In I mean, a better written screenplay, they would be going out by now. Right. But we have not established that in the movie. It's just kind of assumed they love each other, kind of. I guess. Like the two of. attractive white people. That's right. what attractive white people do. Um, <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I'm not one. Um, so, so at this point, the gay couple comes out to Peter. <laughs> yeah. They say, uh, we, thank you so much for doing that. We want to bring you out to dinner. Yeah. And which is very nice. He's like, I got to drop my friend off. I'll meet you at this restaurant. And so they all meet at this restaurant all three of them, and 
I don't know. How does it come? He said I'm, he said, he, he brought up being Christian. Like, I think the gay guys asked him, why did you do that? Why did you oh, risk your exactly life to save us? That's exactly what it is. And Peter said, it's because I'm, I'm a, a Christian. Christian. That's like what you do. And again, one of the gay guys is like, has the Ray Comfort yes. reaction look yes. like, oh, you're a Christian. So you probably hate the fact that we're gay. So, and he does, okay, so that guy's clearly set out to be, like, straw man bad guy. And, and yeah, like, that initial reaction is kind of shitty, but, like, uh, what's-his-face immediately begins, like, again, with the pamphlets, pamphlets on pamphlets Yeah, Peter on has pamphlets, pamphlets on him. All over the place. And he, like, starts bringing them out, like, it's, again, it's not me who hates gay people, it's like, you have to do God this. God hates gay people. And right. so, guy A is, like, <laughs> mad and... How dare you? Which, like, yeah, I don't know. If if I'm there with my partner and the guy is all of a sudden, like... Giving oh, me a pamphlet right. telling me I'd I'm going like, to hell. Thanks for saving me, but bye. Yeah, um, and that's what he does. He leaves. And he does say to his to his partner or husband, or who, they don't really establish yeah. that, if you, you better not bring any of these pamphlets into our house, which, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still of, on his, I'm still on his side. It. I'd be but furious. But the, the partner says, I will stick around and talk to Peter mm-hmm. because I think I owe him that much in a sense. Yeah. He saved my life. Most, yeah. Um, so Peter ends up evangelizing to this other gay guy. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the thing is, like, they definitely do the thing where it, they show time elapsing, courses happen, pamphlets are read, and more pamphlets. And the best part is, in in addition to the pamphlet, uh-huh. uh, when it comes time, I don't know if it's time to tip the waitress, he hands her... Oh, fuck. <laughs> he hands her a million-dollar bill, which is really a gospel tract... Which, if you're a waitress, then it has to be the worst possible way to get a I'm tip. Sorry, not if you're a waitress. When I was a waitress, that did happen to me. <clears throat> you got a and Christian holy tract. Holy shit! I lost my mind. <laughs> I was so and in lieu of tip, which in lieu of a tip, not yeah, in addition, not in addition to like. Oh, that would piss I've gotten me off a too. few pamphlets like in the book, but usually, but one time it was like the oh, I was got beside myself, and was so mad. And by the way, that pamphlet mm-hmm. and the million dollar bill are all examples of product placement because you could buy them on Ray Comfort's oh, wait, website. Really? Yes. <laughs> I love that. But my, f- the most, okay, in this horribly unrealistic movie, the least realistic mo- part of this movie was when the, and it was like in a montage scene, the waitress came back with another waitress and asked, asked for another million dollar bill because right. they're like, oh, <laughs> I love this pamphlet. We want to pass these around to our friends. Them. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But like, and then they ended it with the guy kind of doing the like, oh, you have some good points sort of face, which... So, yeah, as if the gay guy's gonna like, go home right. with a pamphlet. What's the next scene in that guy's life? <laughs> Breaking like up with his boyfriend, obviously. And like, <sighs> Joining a monastery. Whatever. I, just, I can't even. <laughs> so at this point, the dinner is over. Uh, Peter goes to visit his friend at the stand-up comedy club where he dropped him off before dinner. And Diane, uh, Diana him. rather, meets him at the comedy club and tells him, I watched those Ray Comfort videos. And I like, am starting they, to believe. They did like kind of a uh, like a supercut of her. I think it was like in the midst of the pamphlet scene. Yeah. Of her like on her laptop in her dark apartment, like watching yeah. these videos, which is so so compelling. This is what you do in a dark apartment. So compelling to watch is like somebody clicking around on a uh, laptop. <laughs> so she shows up. The comedy is happening. <laughs> oh my god! Big quotation hands oh while you god. say comedy. And then she has an emergency. Emergency. Uh, someone texts her. She has to go home. It's about, and you hear on the other side, it's her sister-in-law, brother isn't doing well. You need to come watch the kids. Right. So she runs. Takes her car, which has very little gas, yeah. starts to drive home. Mm-hmm. And at some point in the middle of this, whatever, few minute drive to home, her car runs, runs out, out of gas. gas. But she passes and a guy um, hitchhiking. Yeah, there was she a guy. Passes she passed him. him. 
and stops on she stops because the car runs out of gas, runs doesn't of know gas. what's going on. And the, she starts baffled. texting people like I don't I don't I need know. help, whatever. And but crazy hitchhiker dude comes up and starts banging on her window like he's going to assault her, basically. And she's screaming, As trying to would. call, the, being the most reasonable human in the world, trying to call the police, doing whatever. Like crazy man, just yeah. like trying to break into my car yeah. right now. The guy The guy's lines. Rock. The guy's lines, by the oh, way, are like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, yeah, like crazy In the script, yelling. it clearly said yell. Like muffled yelling, yes. indistingu- indistinguishable. The guy picks up a rock. Breaks her car window with alarming ease. Like, <laughs> it was very way easy. too easy. Like, it shattered like pain glass. It was awful. Yeah. Pulls her out of the, um, of of the, the car, car, and it turns out she had been on a train track and somehow didn't know, and he was pulling her out to save her from the train. So you see, Hammond, <laughs> she thought he was trying to be mean to her and tra- thought he meant her harm, but really he was saving her. Yeah. You may not listen when someone's pounding on your car like that, and they may seem mean, but if you don't listen to those people who really have your best interest at heart, you need, like, you're going to be in trouble. Which is so, like, I don't know, victim blaming is the right word, but, like, a person who's having a normal reaction, a normal response to a thing, but, like... Little girl, you didn't know what was best for you. This guy knew what was yeah. best for you. That kind of, it gave me shades of that. By the way, all of this that we're saying, this is not our interpretation of the metaphor no. in the movie. They literally <laughs> had a news camera come on afterwards and they show a scene of like the news saying, you know, this man yeah. saved this woman from the train tracks. And then they, I wrote this down. They literally said on camera, um, I hope I'm paraphrasing this anyway. You may try to save someone and they won't listen, but you have to do it anyway because these things may not end well if you don't. They may not like you at first, um, those people who are being saved, uh-huh. but they will appreciate what you've done for them. Uh, basically, they laid out the metaphor, threw it on you so... in case you weren't smart enough to pick it up. And we cut to the final scene. Diana wakes up in a hospital. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, I know that's the final scene, and I know that's a really important place to get to, but before we do that, when he's in, I just need to talk about when he's in the comedy club and um, something happened that the guy comes on, and, and there's a there's a premise at part of it. He was that the comedian friend said to our hero, when are you going to do stand-up? And he was like, oh, maybe next week. By that, I mean never, which, like, whatever. Right. So, so Peter it, it, is an aspiring stand-up, but he's right. never going to do it. But he's it. afraid or whatever. So the guy comes out and sa- the host, the the Australian imitation guy, leaves the stage. The host comes out and was like, um, our headliner is late, so we don't have a headliner. Which I Which like, is weird. <laughs> I have not been doing comedy very long, and I'm not like prolific at it by any stretch. But that's not what happens. You're not like, we don't have a headliner. We're done. And then... <laughs> And like then you offer you free dinner to anyone who wants to come on stage to fill time. But I mean, as soon as people were, as soon as he was like, oh, the whatever, like there's no more show, people are like, how dare you? I want my <laughs> money back. Which, like, <laughs> you didn't know. money, you didn't pay money to get into that show. You just bought drinks, first of all. So, <laughs> so somehow Peter ends up on stage because to fulfill a lifelong dream, which, like, why is this in this movie? And his, he's like, oh, I see you guys like imitations because what is imitations? I can do an imitation of Russell Robert Crow? De- uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. And literally he steps next to the microphone and goes, Are you not entertained? Unquote. And that's his... That's it. And people lose their shit. <laughs> it, it is the funniest thing they've... Which, like, I just... 
I guess I'm conf- like I'm confused about many things in the movie. I just don't get his journey. <laughs> really, like, what is? He's been thinking about doing stand-up comedy for a long time. When he finally gets his big break, it's a two-second imitation. That's fine, that's not- but that's not a set. I just, I don't. Okay, Hammond, what is this movie about? So we got a few minutes, but no, I need you to. I, there's, I can't give you an. There's no answer to the movie. The Diana gets up from this hospital coma that she's in because oh, the yeah. crazy man assaulted her. Oh. I don't actually know why she's in a coma because she was saved. But she wakes she up from the hospital and Peter's there with flowers. What and, is the relationship? Yeah, yeah. And she tells him she's been reading the Bible. And by the way, we finally get a picture of her home. And it turns out there's a picture of Diana with her lesbian partner. Bombshell. It turns out she's the lesbian who needed to be saved all along. And all of a sudden, she switches sexual orientation because Peter's in the hospital now uh, to save her, and Jesus saved her, and now they're all in a happy relationship. My, so my, I watched it with my fiance, and I don't know why he watched it with me. He's bless his heart, <laughs> and he just said after when the credits are rolling, "I'm just so angry right now," which yeah. I think is the only real response to because it's not like it's not a fun bad movie. It's same as like Left Behind. It wasn't a fun bad movie. It was just although in a, hindsight, I feel like I liked Left Behind a lot. Like in <laughs> there was a storyline in Left there was Behind. A Here was just a series of vignettes yes. that weren't really connected, but they kind of were. As long as Ray Comfort was your connecting it was thread, baffling. Um, like no one will ever watch a Ray Comfort movie and then say, "Oh, homosexuality is a bad thing." I mean, it's who's co- gonna do that? The thing is, that's not. I don't think that's his goal, though. I, I don't think his goal. I think his goal is not to convince people that homosexuality is bad. I think his goal is to convince people who already agree with him to like go out and, and evangelize, evangelize against more. homosexuality. Right? That's like true. that. I because I don't. I mean, he's not changing anybody's mind. He knows he's not changing anybody's mind. Right? 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 I, I, I think right? that's probably Hemet, accurate. Right? You would hope he figured that out by now. I don't know. <laughs> I just, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Okay. Uh, yeah, you could tell the movie made us angry. <laughs> um, it's. We will say in credit, and not because we're talking to him, the acting was fine. Like I said, they went through a real casting uh, agency. They cast real actors. The Mm -hmm. acting was fine. They did the best with the script that they had. The script, uh, weird. Um, And so here's what we're going to (laughs) do. We are going to talk to Travis, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to talk about... I don't care about his opinion on the film. It's not his... I'm not asking the actor in the film to, to trash your film. Well, because but, importantly, Travis has since come out saying that he's not religious right when... Um, yeah, Travis right when the, is actually very pro-LGBT rights. Right. And so is Molly Ritter, who played Diana, which is fascinating. So, yeah, so I think that's the important thing here. Not necessarily yeah. just that like he was in this And that's movie. why we wanted to talk to him. It's yeah. like, you're in a Ray Comfort movie that's really anti-gay, I wonder what Ray but Comfort's like. you're totally for LGBT rights, and so is your co-star in this movie. Yeah. Is that weird? That's what I really want to know from him. Yeah, I want to know what their conversations were on set. Right. We can ask him. So we will ask him that. All right, we'll, we'll be back in a little bit. All right. All right, you just heard our review and analysis of the film, and now we're fortunate to have Travis Owens with us. Travis Owens is an actor and comedian who stars in Ray Comfort's new movie, Audacity. The movie is about the horrible things that will happen to you if you're gay. Travis plays Peter, a very devout Christian who wants to spread the good word, but sometimes hesitates because it might be awkward. Because he hesitates, bad things happen. But what's really interesting to us is that Travis is actually very supportive of LGBT rights, which makes his appearance in this film really interesting to us. So, Travis, thank you so much for joining us tonight. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. How did you first hear about this film? Like, how did you get involved with the production in the first place? Uh, you know, the shortest uh, timeline that I have on on letting you know exactly how I kind of came upon it was my uh, my manager contacted me, said, "Hey, I got a, a role that's a, a lead role in a in a pretty well produced um, feature," and um, of course, I you always say yes. And then you kind of look at everything and then you do the audition. And I, I didn't have too much information on the film besides, uh, just the fact that it was faith based. Um, I'm not religious whatsoever, even though I was raised very, very religious, but you know, I just went to the audition. It was, wasn't like, uh, wasn't unlike any other audition I've been on and just kind of went from there. I think that's one of the questions people might have about this film. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but, of the many criticisms we have of the movie, one of the things we actually thought was pretty good was the production, was the acting. I mean, this right. looked in a lot of ways like yeah. a real movie. And that's, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And when movie. you talk about a faith-based film, that's yeah. not always the case. And you're telling us that from your experience as an actor, this really was the same as any other audition you would go to. It wasn't like weird or different because it was a faith-based film. Yeah, it, it actually wasn't at all from the point that I got into the casting room. I mean, the the casting director, from my knowledge, is not is not a religious casting director whatsoever. So they even hired um, outside the church with the casting director, all the crew, um, to my knowledge, because I've I've worked with many of the other guys on my um, projects after Audacity to get everything kind of running, and I know for a fact that they're not religious, so. Uh, the one thing I can commend them on is is they actually went outside the church to do this because it's just it's it's excruciating to see any faith based film to me as an entertainment um, lover in general. So they actually did the right thing there, and I, I commend them for that. Yeah, and we know? did speak to Ray Comfort before doing this interview, and Ray Comfort said he did that on purpose. He did want right. to find the best people to put together this film because he, I think, is sick of the same. Uh, production quality or yeah. lack thereof that we yeah, often no, see. Nobody's seeing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, nobody's seeing religious things because if, if you're not religious, it's just a beating. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they, <laughs> you know? they put their message beyond quality of writing, quality of production, quality of acting. Everything it's is all so about the heavy message. Handed. Oh, God. It's so heavy handed. And you can be watching the best scene in the world. And when somebody says, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, immediately you're offended and out of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, 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 <laughs> at what point during this process, I mean, you know it's a faith-based film, which, fine, I mean, they're doing really sure. well lately. Yeah. But at what point do you actually figure out, oh, this is what the movie's about? You know, towards, um, I think that I got the complete script about a week before filming after some kind of rehearsals of, of scenes. And I knew that the only thing that I knew is that the goal, the mission of the movie was from the beginning to open up the conversation between religious people and gay people. And, and that to me sounds like a great starting point to something, you know, and, and, and that's was, that's as, as basic as, as it was. So I was like, I, I am interested in that kind of topic of discussion. And, and then it started to kind of form and evolve and, you know, they, there were so many scenes in the movie that, that were even taken out because Ray himself even knew that they were too heavy handed. Huh. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was, they had to add on scenes after, after the fact. And, 
you know, they did a lot of um, what did they did a lot of uh, uh, study cases of, of you know mixed mixed people as far as religion, beliefs, everything like that to kind of give their um, reviews of the movies, just the general population and. You know, they, they as in they showed kinda, people uh-huh. like drafts of the film to get input right. and then revise right. stuff. Right. I'm I'm really curious now what was kind of added in in the last minute. Uh, you know the the restaurant scene was one scene that was added in, which I I think was a was a great thing to do. The one that you were uh, in that right that okay. introduced that introduced my character to the gay couple. Sure. And we had that discussion where you, you, you kind of see both sides of it, although it's I, – I believe, honestly, that it's, it's still a bit heavy-handed. But, again, I'm not a religious person whatsoever. Right. But um, it was – And we talked about this. Kind of, we know. talked about this earlier. This was mm-hmm. a scene where the two guys that you saved in a convenience store treated you out to dinner. And there's a discussion between you and one of the gay guys about religion and mm-hmm. homosexuality mm-hmm. and a nice right. musical montage. With, with the right. million dollar bill, <laughs> which I said in the earlier one, I've gotten one of those as a tip and I did not react the way your waitress reacted. I did not enjoy you that. You know what? You know what? I was, a, I was a server at one point and if I would have gotten one of those, I would have I would have crammed it back into their mouth. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, could, I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. So you did better than I did. Though, as far as product, <laughs> as far as product placement goes, that's pretty ingenious because they are right. selling those bills on the Living Waters oh, yeah. website. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't actually know the necessarily the full scope of the film or what angle it's taking until kind of close. I mean, it's way too late for you to back out at that point. Sure, <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, you're you're contractually <laughs> obligated at that point to to finish the job, which it wasn't. It, it's never it's never a thing about legality to me as an artist, and that's the unfortunate thing about an artist and and what we worry about and what we consider with with the job. It's not. Am I in some hot water here? Am I treading thin lines here? It's, if you're an artist, hopefully you are. You know, hopefully you are making people think and hopefully you know it it sounds funny but hopefully you know i have christians because i the interesting thing was is after it finished i had christians um that came up to me and just were like dumbfounded at the fact that i wasn't religious and i was just like <laughs> no man no i just it's called I'm acting actor. it's like <laughs> right it's it's uh, gay people didn't see that i was an actor mm-hmm. just trying to act they always had an excuse that i was just some horrible money mongering (laughs) (laughs) entertainer and and even christians were like i'm really really disappointed that you don't share our beliefs and and you guys were actually the only ones that wanted to have a discussion about it because i I, religion is fascinating yeah yeah well and i think i mean i i'm a writer for a marketing company and i can 100 percent like i've written things that i wouldn't necessarily ascribe to granted my face isn't attached to it but like you know, it's your job. You're a professional actor. That doesn't – you can't and, be expected to always do, like, these perfect politically correct roles. Right. Of and, course. and you told me this uh, a little earlier, too, which is that as far as acting goes, this is, like, almost 180 degrees different from who you are as a person, mm-hmm. which makes it a fun, challenging role in that sense. And your face oh, is on it's, the poster. It's not all – yeah, it's it's not almost. It's 180 degrees <laughs> of me. I mean, I, my, my little brother's gay, my best friend's gay, and my sister's gay. And the first thing I did is, is took this project to them and said, hey, this is what – it seems like I'm doing here, and they were ex- they they were excited for me. They were, were they? genuinely excited because a they know that 
they want to see me do that role because they're like, that is so opposite of you that I'd be interested in even seeing you play that role. And I'm a comic. This is, this is not a role that, that is, is strictly for a comedic actor. So Uh that's, it's a dramatic role. Yeah. And we brought this up a little earlier too, which is that, yeah, you are an actor, but you are a stand-up comedian. And this is one of the things we talked about because one of the things we were discussing earlier is it seems like the stand-up comedy aspect of the movie seems to come out of nowhere, but it it does play to your strengths. And I think your uh, colleague strengths, who is also one of the stand-ups in that movie. Right. Well, I, the, the funny thing is, is I, I would love to actually, I haven't asked Ray this for whatever reason, maybe I, I just keep forgetting, but I would love to, to see if the reason that I was cast is just because I was a stand-up comic, because Ray himself is, is a very, very big, like practical joker on set and what have you. So I don't know if he was like kind of fascinated with that about me or not, but it was, it, it was weird kind of the whole time, but they, there was a lot that was improv in the movie by me that I think that they wanted that aspect to be there just to kind of lighten the mood of the movie. Yeah. I really wish they had done more with like you doing the stand-up at the end. Because especially if right. you come from a comedy background, I was like, you got up there, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see some Christian stand-up comedy, which <laughs> I am really, well, really, really funny. What's it, It's really funny that you said that because the whole room was set up to do stand-up. And, and Ben Price, who is a, who is a very, very uh, religious comic in Australia, has a set that is kind of – that is catered toward – um, like a G-rated audience, but I, and I go up every night here in, in Los Angeles at the at the biggest clubs out here that are definitely not G-rated. Mm-hmm. But I would I would label myself a PG PG to PG thirteen comic. So when they came to me and they were like, "Hey, do some comedy," and I was like, "Okay," and got on the mic and they would like panic. <laughs> and they would run to me. They'd be like, "Keep it clean, keep it clean." I was like, "I am." That clean. is about as clean, clean as it gets in LA, right? <laughs> right. I was like, "What do you want me to do? I'll keep it clean. I'm not an idiot." <laughs> in the in the movie, you do uh, an imitation of Russell Crowe. I'm wondering, was that part of a longer set, and they just cut it down to that because that's the fastest stand-up set we had ever seen. <laughs> but the audience ever. loved that's, it, and the audience loved it in the movie. The yes. quickest victory of all time. <laughs> You own that room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was um, it was just a little. I can't remember. I think it was um, in the beginning of that script. It was just like um, it was a little. Hey, Peter does an impersonation or something like that, and I kind of ran some stuff by him, and I ended up doing the the Russell Crowe bit. And I, you know what? I think it was in the script. It was a Russell Crowe impersonation, and then I improv the Russell Crowe line. <laughs> Awesome. So they just wanted something Russell Crowe, but that was that was my realm to be in. <laughs> so you're great. right, you know. They were really into Russell Crowe. <laughs> you the guys like a beautiful just, mind? <laughs> this script just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> like I don't know if you know, guys, but I know all of Lame is. Right. I'm right, into right. This. <laughs> no, just you do guys this. like Godspell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh did you God. did you have any uh, personal discussions with Ray Comfort uh, on the set? You know, there was only this was really funny because I I'm smart enough to know with religious people, especially evangelists, where I am in my beliefs, which are not really something that I'm confused about daily. Um, 
where I am, it's like I I wanted to kind of keep my distance and not talk about that. Just in in the in the in regards to professionalism, mm-hmm. and um, I think there was one time where we were outside where he started to just kind of ask some questions, and it wasn't really it wasn't too intrusive at all. And he kind of like had me rate my level of belief, and I was just <laughs> I was pretty I was pretty honest with him, and he just started just one on one kind of talking, and it wasn't really he wasn't preachy about anything, but he kind of. I guess he had wanted to have that conversation with me for a little bit, but he kind of that restrained. That is sort of what he didn't. does. I mean, yeah. that sure. is yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that legal? Like, can he ask you what your religious beliefs are? Before you know, I don't know. I, I, He's not hiring well, or firing him based on it, so I don't think it right it would make a with, difference. Well, I mean, that's a good question, though, Jessica, because with it's like I was thinking about this today, like how offended everyone is by anything these days, and like I, I guess I'm just not from the place where I get offended by like things that, that people say to me in like a one-on-one situation. So when he brought it up, I was just like, Oh no. And I was open about it. And I didn't really, you know, say I don't want to discuss this or anything like that, but um, it was pretty cordial. I mean, it was as casual as it could have been. Was he really involved in the process? Uh, of the, the process of, of the of, movie? Of filming the movie. Like was he on set? Yeah, he was on set. Um, he wanted to, which is, uh, you know, he was on set about every day. Uh, he was doing some a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. He would just kind of – he was really, really good about letting everybody work, letting everybody have their space. So the, the cinematographer and the lights and sound and everybody like that, he would kind of just check in and say, hey, what's do you mind telling me what's going on here so I can, like, get some behind-the-scenes footage? And everybody mm-hmm. was pretty cooperative. So he just kind of liked to be around and check it out. And he wasn't really – you know, wasn't really – he was never a bother, actually. Yeah. Do you, how much did you know about Ray Comfort before the film? And at what point did you realize, oh, so that's who Ray Comfort is? And did you see the banana video? Got to ask about the banana video. <laughs> you know, I, uh, before the, before the audition, um, the, my manager usually does a due diligence on, uh, what projects I get on and, and that she represents a lot of clients. So she does as, as much as she can, as far as, uh, the surface level due diligence on anything, as far as the legitimacy, um, so she looked at that. I didn't really look at much besides like street interview stuff. Um, but the street interview stuff I looked at was really like, I don't know what other people think of it, but it, it's kind of what I've, I come to expect from somebody that says like, they're very, very religious. So mm-hmm. if you were to tell me, Hey, this guy produces a, um, a faith-based film and he owns a, a faith-based production company, I would expect to find some videos online of that guy doing some soapbox preaching somewhere. Mm. So I didn't really, but he's got so much content out there that I, I can't sit down for three hours to find what I'm going to be offended by. Not like Do you your know character. What I mean? Yeah. Though your character has <laughs> watched quite a bit. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on the back of my eyelids when I sleep. So yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was, I mean, it was really, really towards the end of filming. Once I got like a whole aspect of, you know, like what what he did, what his stance on things were. That's that's about the time I knew that he did 180, um, those kind of things. So banana video, yes or no? Because that's this part of the question. You know, it's I, a very important I, question. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that video. But the video to me, like, I didn't know if they were kidding. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody join, knows. join the club, Nobody knows for sure. He, he, like, he maintains video, that it was a joke. He's, yeah, Ray Comfort says yeah. it's a joke. However, 
it's I not don't a joke. Think it's a joke. I don't know. <laughs> if it's a joke, it's like it's weird because if it, if it is a joke, it's it's almost like there's a hidden genius there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it yeah. was so dry. It's made to go viral. Like, that's like. Do thing. you think Ray Comfort yeah. is Andy Kaufman in us all? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. But it's I've got to be Jesus and Andy Kaufman. Here's my. Thing. <laughs> My theory about that, and it is founded on nothing but my own ramblings, but my theory on that is that he made it in seriousness and then saw its reaction and then, like, sure, pretended it's a joke. Oh, you know, it's like it's like The Room by, um, uh, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. I can't it's... think of his name. Anyway, have you ever seen The Room, Travis? Yeah. No, you know, I haven't. Tommy. I haven't. Tommy. Tommy That's Wiseau. It. It's just like this movie that was it's notoriously bad and it's been like shown in midnight shows and like gained this cult following. This is so off the point. But it was made but, in a very serious way. In a very vein. serious way and then he realized that people were kidding about it. He's like, oh, I was totally in on the joke. We're like, Tommy, no, you weren't. <laughs> well, no, you I, well, I can say, I can tell you and you can use this to the best of your uh, knowledge for yourself. Um, he is a very broad sense of humor. So I don't know. So I don't know subtlety. if that helps with anything. No, it does. It does. <laughs> he's, he's not, he's not your Ricky Gervais of subtlety. So just know that. <laughs> I, I also want to point out that uh, when we asked Ray Comfort uh, about you, because uh, you and your uh, uh, co-star Molly Ritter, he mm-hmm. did say this, and I want to quote this to make sure I get it right. Uh, Ray Comfort said this, knowing that you guys are... Uh, pro-LGBT rights. Travis and Molly are both excellent actors and wonderful people. They are also extremely professional, and we really enjoyed working with them and getting to know them, what they believe is their business, which I thought was a really wonderful answer. That's a classy thing to say. Yeah, it's a very classy thing for Ray Comfort to say. So kudos to him for uh, going for merit instead of trying to find other Christians. Yeah, and I did did see that, and and a lot of of people... uh, especially within the last two weeks, especially like gay people with the ruling and on how they know how Ray stands on the ruling and things like that. It's like you do have to give credit where credit's due and you you really have to applaud someone that says something that is that is bigger than what you thought they were. Mm-hmm. And I, I I do I honestly if I'm I'm telling you just person to person about Ray He's a he's a really really nice guy on set. He always asked me if I needed some water, anything to eat, if I got enough to eat, if I'm the, how the day is going. So I, I I really do have to credit the fact that he's he's a he's a really nice, genuine, giving guy that just has such a strong belief in in, in his convictions. Yeah, you know? and I will add to that that I know plenty of atheist groups in California who have interacted with Ray over the years. I've always heard the same variation of that story, oh, which okay. is he's great in person. Yes, he has those beliefs. He's wrong. We want to criticize his beliefs, but he is a good guy, yeah. which uh, that's kind of well, what you hope for. Well, and Heaven, wouldn't you right. say you and I have had this interaction time and time again where Travis on this show we have we try to get people people who disagree with us on a lot of things and we think that's really important is to get different points of view and I will say without fault I don't think we've ever interviewed anybody who like we flatly disagree with and there have been several who I wouldn't go get a beer with after the after the podcast you know what I mean and I yeah I think the way people stand is I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. Know. You know what, this... the one the, the one thing that was really really interesting to to me if I if I can add was after I after I met him like so you go into something and you find out information on somebody and you find out some past experience with somebody and their beliefs on something 
And towards the end, like the ending day of filming, it's like familiarity is such a, a strangely powerful thing. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're constantly interacting with somebody, when you're running into somebody, when you're having one-on-one discussions with somebody, when you're sharing something with somebody, it's just so crazy how you look back on it and you're like, I'm supposed to hate this person. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? The familiarity, familiarity is a crazy crazy thing that a lot of us discount. Well, and I think, and not to get too broad about it, but you saw that all the time when sort of the dominoes were falling in terms of LGBT rights of these like hard and fast Republican um, um, senators or whatever, all of a sudden their son is gay and all of a sudden I understand homosexuality is fine because it's there in their life. It's not not some abstract other thing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Does this change? Uh, was your working on this particular film? Does that change how you may approach projects in the future? Like, are you more willing to step outside your comfort zone? Uh, absolutely, it it definitely does. I I I love the the work that I did on the film. I mean, I never get to see the work until the edited project. I was, um, albeit a few parts, I was I was very very happy with my performance. I I think that I said some things that you know I. I never thought that I would be able to pull off on camera and um, it worked. And, and that's honest, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny, funny thing, but it's, it's really honest how I look at uh, some text and I'm so detached from it and I'm just sitting in a room going to how can I make this work? Yeah. And I will say, and I said earlier when Hammond and I were talking and it's not just because we have you on the show, but I thought you and Molly were both really winning. Like your performances were good. The, the, Great. The movie wasn't my favorite thing I've ever seen, and <laughs> sure, like there sure, may be some sure. things I would have changed. But no, I I think that you guys the performances were you great. guys showed up every day, and I yeah. commend you for that. Have you gotten more Great. shit after the movie came out? Have you gotten more shit from gay people mad at this project, mm-hmm. or from Christians who realize you're not the character you played in the film? You know, it's specifically. Uh, to answer that question, I've gotten more from from gay men that are like, you know, like who the fuck do you think you are? Sure. <laughs> with like, what? with like me doing doing the role, and it's like I'm in a weird spot because like it, it's like some of my gay friends. It's like it it makes them more mad when I try to defend myself as an artist, and I'm like you guys know how I feel. So why, I mean, I don't get what, what this is coming from. If you know that I support and you know that I retweet and it's like, I didn't promote the movie. I wasn't legally obligated to promote the movie. And Mm -hmm. and it's not something that I ever did, but it's like, it's a lose, lose. It's like the first lose, really big lose, lose that I've ever been faced with until you guys actually wanted to have a discussion about it, which is great. And I mean, and to be perfectly frank, if I didn't know, if Hemet didn't come across your tweets, I would have assumed you were part of that, like, movement, that conservative anti-gay movement, because, what, like, what else would we have to go on? But on the, but on the flip sure. side, I don't at all fault. Like, I have tons of friends who are working actors and comics. Like, And I think if any of them got the chance lead. to be a lead role in a movie that you know was going to get marketed and yeah. promoted, 
there's not a lot of people. I mean, it's easy to talk when sure. that offer's not on the table. Yeah. I don't know sure. a lot of people sure. who would say no to that. I don't know. My friend was in Mamma Mia for two years. She had to sing Dancing Queen every night. Sometimes you do things. I did do an audition. <laughs> in college, I auditioned for a role, and they were looking for brown people. I'm like, I'm in. Oh, that's you. Sweet. I'm going to get. You're brown and as you fuck. I had to read lines saying I'm a terrorist who wants to no. blow up the Trade Center. There you go. No. And the only thing stopping me at that point was I have a test on the day of filming. I can't do this. Wait, but I fuck. thought about it for a bit. You're right. an actor? Uh, <laughs> I really wasn't. And that was kind of the problem, too. But I, I know what you're saying, Travis, about, I mean, this was a good role. It's a challenging role. And yeah. I think, especially for you being from the comedy world, mm-hmm. here's a chance to do what so many comedians want to do and show off your acting chops in a dramatic role. That's yeah. a hard thing to stay away from when it's on your resume. Look, I do comedy. Look, I do drama. Mm-hmm. That looks really good for yeah. anything in the future. And I'm also, exactly. and I, that said, I get where your gay friends are coming from. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely, do. I, and I get, I, I feel for you, Travis, that you are in kind of a, you're definitely in a rock slash hard place situation <laughs> that I'm not super envious. Oh, I want to talk about um, your relationship with Molly, not your relationship, but just kind of when you guys were on the set together, when did you figure out you were or did you figure out that you were kind of like, oh, this is a little out of my element, and are we in this together? What were those conversations like? Right. Well, it, this is what's funny because it's like it, it, it turns into like Sherlock Holmes. It's like a detective like on set. You're like, which one of you is the dark one? So as, you're, as you're like navigating through the set. So um, you start to slowly, slowly like find out who you can say offensive things to. <laughs> so so Molly Molly was one of the first people that I was like, I got some kind of like subtle hint from her that she wasn't very religious. And um, we were open to kind of like have uh, whatever conversation we wanted to have. And uh, so I kind of just, oh, you know what? We, we carpooled one day to, to base camp and that was where we kind of like started talking about everything. And even then it's like, we just we both kind of like agreed to it's not really i mean what do you really need to say to somebody that's religious that's like you don't want to offend them because why you know what's what's the what's the reason if you can just kind of be professional and kind of work in the same environment for the for the greater cause Mm -hmm. you know for we should teach you our atheist handshake. That will help next yeah, time. Right. If you come to Chicago, right. we'll, we'll teach exactly. you the handshake. It's really I, important. It yeah, was yeah. funny because when you watch the movie and you listen, uh, like early on in the film, when your character says he's a Christian, um, the character Diana that Molly is playing comes right back with these questions that I've heard so many times before from other yeah. atheists, which is just the, oh, that face, <laughs> followed by, oh, like, so you hate gay people, so you do this. And I'm watching uh, Molly portraying that character. It's like, she's really good at this. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. in the script or she's improving, but, like, she's had that conversation before. And that's one of the part. I mean, for all the criticism we might give the script, that was pretty dead on in terms of the reaction, I think. I mean, it's... Uh, it's exaggerated. Exaggerated in some ways. But yeah, I kind of I've seen that reaction before. So I was yeah, like, both, I it's like where she's both coming parts from. were exaggerated how it's like aggressive atheist, cool Christian. Yeah. Right. It's like those both of those they were totally like polar opposites of of like the extreme versions of, yeah, of I, those things, which was I don't know. You have to dramatize it, I guess. So right. subtly, I guess that's what they did. Okay, here's the really big question, Heaven and I discussed a lot. What is the relationship between 
Peter. Where are Peter, they? Peter and, and Diana. And Diana. What is the relationship? Because at first it was like they're just coworkers, and then then you're bringing her flowers <laughs> while she's in a coma, or and something. then you're she's going to text when you're in a convenience store. <laughs> I can give you. I can give you an exact because this was funny enough. This was never really discussed, but I can tell you one piece of information, and you can create your whole world out of it. All right, all right. Um, so on set, when we were doing a scene in the comedy club, when she comes to uh, sit with me when I'm, I'm toward watching toward the ben, end of the movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When we're going to hug um, our director right before the take, because I didn't really know either what that relationship was. The director right before the take was like, "You're going to get up and hug her." A little bit more than a friend hug. (laughs) (laughs) But that's as far as it went. So So you uh, grabbed her ass. (laughs) Right. Right, So it's a little more than a friend hug. That's the status of your relationship, which is very – that's not an option on Facebook, though. That's where where babies come from. It's not the stork from that. Oh, my God. I just snorted on the podcast for the first time. Have you you had a chance to talk to Molly since the film came out? I don't want you to – speak for her or divulge anything she said to you in confidence. But but, you can if you want. uh, (laughs) But have you talked to her since the film came out and has her uh, reaction and the the reaction that she's gotten in her personal life, is that similar, do you think, to your own or has she gotten a different sort of perspective on this? We haven't haven't discussed it too, too much. I just remember after after the film got released and we didn't really start like um, like an open dialogue uh, uh, consistently until I started getting tweets and then she saw it. Mm. And so she was like, wow, really blowing up here on Twitter. And then, so we started just going back and forth um, because she, I mean, she supports LGBT too. Right. And um, so we just, we, we already knew that about each other. So we didn't have to sit there and defend our stances on that, but it was just pointing out like, wow, really things are really heightening on, on Twitter right now. So that, that's as, about as far as we went. Cool. And what are you going to do now? What's what's in your immediate future now that this film is kind of done with? You know, I I am um, I, I'm always doing stand up around L.A. I don't tour much because of acting here, um, but I have uh, I have a comedy that I just uh, a comedy sketch that I just shot uh, with John Rohde, who is who was the cinematographer on Audacity. So we immediately oh, nice. did yeah we immediately hooked up and did a really really dark comedy. Uh, sketch that's going to be out really soon. It's um, it's based on two hillbillies that have horrible, horrible information and uh, think that they know what's wrong with the world these days. So like real hillbillies, so, <laughs> right? Well, well, it's, it's 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 yeah, it's it's two very very big hillbilly characters that are discussing um, how they think that uh, what's happening on Mortal Kombat X is exactly what kids are doing to each other on the school ground. Tale as old so as like, time. Right. So they're like freezing each other and <laughs> sticking spears through each other and turning into sorcerers. And right. it's just, yeah. So it's that, that's my world is, is comedy and characters and things like that. So I'm, I'm doing that right do, now. And one last question. What do you hope people who watch the film, what do you hope they take away from it? It's that's a that's a really really good question, and I, I I don't know if I have the most amazing answer right now because I didn't think that many people would see the film, so it's not really. Do you know what I mean? So it's not yeah. really something that you really concern yourself with when you know it's not going to reach a huge audience. You know, it's like a film is going to do. It's like this is what people on both sides don't realize that are atheists that are christian that are gay 
the film is going to do exactly what it was going to do anyway. It has a limited audience. It's like atheists weren't going to see it. Mm-hmm. Gay people, a few gay people were going to see it and try to show their friends and they were going to stop watching five minutes through. Christians are going to love it because it's like the first thing that they've done. It's like very, very well produced, mm-hmm. albeit a few projects. So it's not really, it doesn't really have the power to like move a lot of people in, in a big big way it's like i don't know with with christians i it, the the best answer and the obvious answer is that I, I hope that it does show them that you know i mean gay people are yeah they're different than you but i would love for it to say hey leave them alone but it doesn't you know i would love for gay people to be like hey christians don't hate you but gay people don't believe that anyway <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it's like they don't they, they gay people don't believe that that Christians hate them. It's like you have Christians and you have assholes and then you have gay people that are understanding and then you have assholes. It's like right. they're not directly a part of the community. They're just an asshole. Yeah. Let you me know? add to that and not putting words in your mouth, but I would uh, – we said this earlier. Like should you watch this film or not? Jessica doesn't want people necessarily to, to buy the film off of Ray's site. No offense, Travis. Yeah. I, I think I they should. I residuals. <laughs> I feel really bad then. I, I think they should in some capacity. And I would say that for the same reason I've visited and paid for admission to the Creation Museum twice, which is that twice, twice which is that it's an educational thing <clears throat> as an atheist to see what the other side is saying. Oh, yeah. And I think it's worthwhile to see it firsthand from their perspective Instead of through someone else's filters. And I think it's important to know what someone like Ray Comfort thinks about gay people, how he argues, how he does the heavy handed metaphoring and all that. Yeah. And there's a value. Yeah, to this that. is this is I, I, I can listen, I can exactly see where Jessica's coming from. I really do, because I am I'm an emotional person that acts on emotion and I get it. I totally get it. And I'm totally empathetic. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Now, as far as what you just said, Himant, is I love I love the fact that you said that you that you should go buy it online because of this. This is the only reason why. And my girlfriend is a is a therapist, so maybe this is her talking. <laughs> but you 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 reward good behavior with a person that's going, look, this is what you need to be doing. And that's this is what Ray needs to be venturing into is hey, let's try to understand each other and let's try to have a conversation with an understanding of, hey, look, we understand that you think like this, we think like this, let's have a discussion about it. So in a way, rewarding good behavior on making a project that is a little less heavy handed may be good, you know, so I I agree. And I think it is important that, you know, both sides too, it's so easy and I've seen it through atheists Mm -hmm. and I've definitely seen it on the other side. It's always very easy to create caricatures Mm -hmm. and stereotypes, straw men of what the other side has to say. It means a lot more. You are more effective in terms of advocating for LGBT rights when you can say, here's what the other side did. I know it because I saw it. I experienced mm-hmm. it. This is their own words. Um, we, we've spoken on this podcast before with P, uh, uh, the right wing watch. Yeah. And like, why are they, in my opinion, why are they so effective? Because all they do is take the right wing people in context and, and they just say this is what their actual words are you don't have eye. to say anything yeah. more so i right. think there's some value in saying look this is how ray comfort argues so if you want to combat that vision right. you should know exactly what they're doing no and i did mention right. earlier and i will concede that 
the the scene with oh my god it was so heavy handed but like with the train tracks and the car and the guy pulling right. out of oh, the yeah, car yeah, yeah, yeah. like when the guy and the newspaper news if, reporters explaining right. everything oh to my you. god <laughs> this is my brother and this is but like, I I did say this is the if that is really if really 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 Ray Comfort thinks that we are also in danger of going to hell that if he doesn't like proselytize to everybody he finds that it is like letting people get hit by trains. If that's really what they believe, that was a good way to put it. And it makes me slightly more empathetic. It will not make me want to talk to people in the street. I will not, but I, I, I you get know, it. That, that brings, that brings up a good, a good like uh, curiosity to me. It's like, I, and I, I'm glad that we're talking because now I'd love to ask him if, like, I wonder if that feels like a burden. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder if he feels burdened by the fact that, like, right? he has a quota that he constantly <laughs> is, like, thinking about. Like, because his – I think that his motto is, at least in his emails, is, is uh, until the nets are full, which is, like, sure, it's poetic, but, like, there, there's got to be a lot of burden there. Do you know what I mean? And I wonder if Another he metaphor. feels that and is willing to admit it, you know? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just what we were talking about earlier. I don't think anyone doubts Ray's sincerity with what he's trying to do. I mean, it doesn't mean he's right. doesn't mean you have to like it. Right. But I don't think he's, like, playing a character. I will give him that. I think he's genuinely uh, serious about – I think he really does believe if you are gay, you are falling down that elevator shaft and someone has to rescue you. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the way he presents that idea is maybe funny. But, that I mean, I think he really does believe that. Wait, I'm sorry. Are we going to finish this interview by saying, like, Ray Comfort is the good guy? Like, I feel like 3 8 No, that's fine. We'll, we'll that splice can't be this. the end of this interview. We'll make sure the banana video part of this comes at the end of the interview and it'll it'll all be okay. No, yeah. I mean, just because – here's 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 what I would like to leave it on because I will not let this finish this way. I, I – just because he thinks that doesn't – just because that's his sincerely held belief does not mean it's right and it does not mean it's okay to legislate and rally against gay people. Sure, and I and I I agree. I, I I'm from the I'm from the camp of who gives a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like if it if it doesn't have anything to do with me, it seems really really dismissive. But if and it, it, it's just like it's just like with Christians, like if it doesn't have anything to do with you, I think it's not a not. I think it's a stepping ground that you couldn't you shouldn't be allowed onto. Do you know what I mean? It's like worship within yourself, right? And I think I think that's Hemant why you found success on your blog is because you're not going around shitting on Christians for no specific reason just because sure. they I have very something specific to... reasons. Yes, <laughs> that's a, that's a... but you and when I write for your blog, it's this is what's happening and this yeah. is the lens through which we're viewing it. We're not like this person believes in God. Let's remind everybody why that's probably done. Like that's yeah. kind of no. Not there's your a reason jam. because it's legislation. Right when it's affecting people right. that I care about. I get mad. If right. you just exactly. believe in God, I disagree, but I don't really care. Right, exactly. And I think, Travis, that's what you're getting at, too. Like, if Ray Comfort believes this stuff, so be it. But if he's trying to push to ban gay marriage, mm-hmm. then we then we have a problem. Right. And that's a different issue altogether. Yeah. Of course. So, but. Travis, where can people find you? Where can they God, uh, watch your the sketches? Where can they find <laughs> you online? Uh, you know, I'm I'm opening up a, a channel pretty soon that'll be on Twitter. Twitter's the the best place to follow me. Uh, it's where I promote everything. T Owens Comedy, uh, Travis Owens, just T Owens Comedy um, on the Twitter handle. Um, Facebook 
don't really do a lot of action on there because no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, t- Twitter Twitter's the easiest place. I update shows where I'm at, um, and I love to talk about religion in my shows. So if you can't get enough, <laughs> swing on Maybe by. for the bumper for this episode, we should have the Audacity cover, but rainbow-fied on, face- like on Facebook. I'm down. Sure, go ahead. Ray Comfort will love <laughs> it. That. There we go. You can, you can be in charge of that. All right. <laughs> Travis, thanks yeah. so much for your time. Good luck with your career, and thanks for uh, being willing to talk to us because trust me this is not an easy thing uh i think for a lot of actors to do and i don't think a lot would have done it so thanks no i i appreciate it guys it was a lot of fun and uh keep up the good work thank you thanks travis all right bye all right we'll see you later thanks so much again we really appreciate it Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time.